0: We've been in this series talking about the kingdom. Jesus came preaching about a kingdom. It is amazing to me how that this is left out of the message of the gospel so much of the time that people don't even acknowledge the main theme of Jesus preaching and teaching. Mark 1, 14 and 15, Jesus came to Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. I remind you, the word gospel just means good news. Don't know why the translators didn't translate it, but this is what he said. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Jesus begins his ministry and he says that the kingdom of God is at hand. That's good news. I I know that a lot of people don't really get excited about that, but when Jesus, the king, reigns and rules in your life, that's a wonderful thing. It's the best news ever. I tell you, we need to be excited about the kingdom of God. You know, Jesus referred to it as the kingdom of God, and he also referred to the kingdom of heaven. And, you know, in heaven, here's the wonderful thing about heaven. This is what makes it so different from earth. The Lord reigns absolute in heaven. That's what makes it so wonderful. His reign is absolute in heaven. And I got to say, I don't really understand why some people down here that don't want his reign in their life but they want to go to heaven. They got a mixed up view of what heaven looks like because he's the king and he rules absolute in heaven. There were those, remember, that Lucifer tried to bring a rebellion against him. Guess what? They were booted out real quick. No, our God, he reigns absolute in heaven. But how wonderful it is, you see. Is heaven a wonderful place? Oh, it is. You want a little heaven on earth? You want his kingdom to come in your life. You want his rule and his reign in your life. That's the best news ever. But King Jesus, he came and he established the kingdom of God on earth. It's a kingdom that will never end. It's prophesied about him before his birth. In fact, we talk about this Prophecy oftentimes at Christmas, but Isaiah 9, 6, and 7, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. used to bother me when people would be praying, and they would be praying Jesus and Jesus and Jesus, and then they'd say Father and Jesus again, and I'd be like, man, are they mixed up? Well, it's the same one. That's right here. This child, he'll be called the everlasting father, the prince of peace. Of the increase, I want you to remember this, of the increase, the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. It's just going to keep increasing and increasing and increasing. And there's not going to be an end ever. I want to remind you that Jesus, our King, didn't set up a physical kingdom here on earth. It is a spiritual kingdom where he reigns in our hearts. And this kingdom is a progressive kingdom because it is continuing to increase. It will supersede all other kingdoms, all of the kingdoms of this world. It is an eternal kingdom that lasts forever. There is no end to this kingdom. You know... Sometimes I think in our generation, we become too preoccupied just with the here and now. I don't want you to misunderstand me. We live in the here and now, and God wants to move and work in our lives here and now, but we need to be eternity-minded also. We need to get the big picture that this is just a little blip on the radar in, in eternity, that there's coming a day when we're gonna be with our God forever. Why should we be so focused just on the right here and the right now when there is an eternity coming and this kingdom is an eternal kingdom that will never end, never fade away? This is real. Jesus taught us to pray for his kingdom to come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I talk about this a lot you know, I've talked about how this is not some weird ritual prayer. <laughs> Jesus says, you know, God doesn't hear us because we pray in vain repetition. That, that's not what this is about. And then there are other Christians who think we don't even need to pray that. Oh, we should be praying this every day. Your kingdom Come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We ought to be desiring to see the reign of the King in our world on earth as it is in heaven. What a wonderful thing. How does that happen? It only happens by request. He is not imposing, forcing his will upon this earth. It is by people who pray and ask him to come and to reign and rule in their lives and in this earth. That's how it happens. We got to pray for it. Next, we seek his kingdom. Max, Matthew six thirty three. Jesus tells us to seek his kingdom and his righteousness, not our kingdom, not stuff, not the things of this world. So many people running after so many things, but we're to seek his kingdom and his righteousness. And he says that everything that we need will be given to us. Oh, that's faith. I just got to ask you, and I may ask you more than once this morning. I just feel it. You know what? Do you believe the Bible? Well, this is what our savior said. He said, if we'll seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, everything else will be added to you. Oh, well, I don't know about that. Well, don't worry about it. It won't happen to you because you need to really believe. You need to believe enough that you actually seek his kingdom first in your life, that it is your first pursuit. It is the thing that you're going after with your life. Of all the pursuits of this world, the one thing that you want above all else is the reign and rule of God in your life and his righteousness. And they go together, by the way. Because when he rules and reigns, righteousness rules and reigns in your life. But we have to seek his kingdom. Everything else is gonna prove to be a trivial pursuit and it won't last and it won't matter and it won't mean anything in eternity. How much you accomplished in the things of this world won't matter how much money you made. <laughs> List it all out. Whatever ambitions, whatever goals, the only way they will matter in eternity is to the extent that they were about eternity, that they impact eternal things, not just our ambition and what we want. No, we truly seek his kingdom. He wants to be first in our life. That's not anything new to hear, is it? But he will not force you to serve him. He will not force his rule in your life. See, he, he won't force his way in your finances. That's up to you. He's not going to make you tithe. Well, do I have to tithe? He's not going to make you tithe. But I'll tell you this, when you put him first, everything else will be added to you. That's what I know. I know that he is still the Lord, my provider. He is the God who provides. I'm not looking to the things of this world. My trust is ultimately in him and nothing else. Because I can tell you this, that everything else in this world can be shaken. Shaken but his kingdom will stand forever. You know, the Bible has so much to say about the kingdom and it just doesn't really fit with the pop theology of the day because what's so popular today is quick and easy, right? We like quick and easy. I mean, that's really attractive. It's not hard to be a Christian. Oh, it's so easy. It's quick. Doesn't come from the Bible. Does it come from Jesus? Oh yeah, all oh you gotta do. Didn't come from Jesus. It doesn't lead to life. Jesus said in Matthew seven fourteen, narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it narrow and difficult. Preacher, you already talked about this. I sure did. I'm going to talk about it again. Quick and easy. That's the gospel of the day. Doesn't come from the Bible. And quick and easy is why there's so many Christians living a substandard Christian life with little or no commitment. It's why there's still so many Christians under the control and the influence of the evil one still living a life of bondage, still having the influence of Satan come in and wreck their life, still not enjoying the peace that Jesus came to give, not experiencing the joy of the Lord, call themselves a Christian, and yet they're living a carnal life, not really serving God, not bowing to King Jesus, but to the things of this world. That's quick and easy Christianity, but it doesn't come from the Bible. That was an old song. Jesus be the Lord of all the kingdoms of my heart. I know some of you were scared I was gonna sing. Because if you're not Lord of everything, you're not Lord at all. That's right. And it is absolutely the truth. If you pick and choose what Jesus can be Lord of in your life, and he's not really Lord. Paul said Acts 14 we must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God do you believe the Bible oh there's a lot less of you this time because some of you are thinking now wait a minute wait a minute I don't know about that verse surely that's some Old Testament thing surely that's before the cross oh no This is the apostle Paul and he says, we got to go through a lot of hardships to enter the kingdom. Well, I wasn't told about this. I thought it was going to be quick and easy. Hardships. Anybody go through any hardships? I want to tell you it doesn't come quick and easy. There's hardships because the kingdoms of this world don't want to let go of control in your life. There are powers of darkness that don't want you to truly serve King Jesus. They want to hinder you, bind you up, deceive you, get you distracted, get you going the wrong direction, get you seeking after other things. I'm just telling you, there are powers of darkness working against you. It's not easy. No, there's going to be hardships. We have to really want the kingdom of God in our life. In the Old Testament, there were false gods. And just to kind of summarize, most of those gods had to do with God, or their gods helping them materially, or they were gods that had to do with fertility and sex. We don't have any statues and idols that people are bowing down to. But understand this the spirits, the forces of darkness that were behind those false gods are still just as active and in some ways maybe even more successful with their tactics today in our generation. But it's so pervasive that people seeking after money and this... Who could have ever dreamed A hundred years ago, what would happen with the internet and pornography and modern media? It is the same spirit that you see in the Old Testament where they worship these false gods. And you need to realize that in our culture today, those same spirits are working against the people of God. They're not gonna let go easily. No, you gotta make up your mind. Matthew eleven twelve 12 says, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has forcefully, been forcefully advancing and forceful men lay hold of it. It means that we gotta really want it with great determination and earnest desire, we forcefully take hold of the kingdom. You gotta want this king and his kingdom more than anything talking about seek his kingdom first. That's what this means. We want his kingdom more than anything because you can't halfway serve King Jesus. He just won't have it. I'm preaching about the main theme of Jesus preaching. And I have to tell you that it feels like I'm preaching something totally different than the Christianity of this generation. And I thank you for helping me, saying amen and encouraging me while I preach this because I want you to know it's a weird feeling when you feel like you're preaching something that is not mainstream Christianity today. And yet it's mainstream Jesus. It's mainstream Bible. Bible. And you just can't read the New Testament without reading about the kingdom. Jesus talked about it. Peter talked about it. Paul talked about it. John talked about it. They all wrote about it. It's all written in the scripture. And this kingdom, it's going to last for eternity while everything else fades away. In Daniel chapter two, King Nebuchadnezzar has a dream and Daniel, the man of God, interprets the dream for him. The dream revealed all of the great kingdoms of the earth from the Babylonian empire on each kingdom would eventually be destroyed and give way to the next until finally there is a kingdom that will crush them all. Daniel 2, 44 and 45. And in the days of these kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. See, 2,000 years ago, King Jesus came and set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed. It is still increasing And the kingdom shall not be left to other people. It shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever inasmuch as you saw that that stone was cut out of the mountain without hands and that it broke in pieces the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold. So each of these things are in reference to the greatest kingdoms of history. But unlike all of these other kingdoms, Jesus' kingdom was not made by the hands of men, and it will crush all of those kingdoms to powder. God's kingdom is forever. All those others will be gone. I'll tell you, when you look back in history, there were great, great kingdoms that ruled all of the known world. There's coming a day when China will be gone. There's coming a day when Russia will not exist And I thank God for the United States of America. But there is coming a day when it will be gone. I'm a true patriot. But more than that, I belong to another kingdom. Another country. This place is not my home. I'm just a pilgrim here passing through. Now, some of you don't know what I'm talking about. All of these things are straight from the scripture. Oh, we get so right here, just focused on our little world. There is a world that's coming that's going to last for all eternity. In Daniel chapter 4, there's another situation with King Nebuchadnezzar. He makes this decree that whenever music is, the music is played, that everybody has to bow down to this giant golden image that he has made. I know most of you probably know the story. There are three young Hebrews who absolutely refuse to bow down to this image. And just the idea that these guys won't bow down, it makes Nebuchadnezzar so angry that he has them thrown into a fiery furnace. The furnace was so hot that it killed the men who threw them in. And yet, Nebuchadnezzar sees into this fiery furnace. He sees these men walking around in that furnace, and they're not burned, they're not hurt. And there's a fourth man, he said, like the Son of God. They come out, he calls them to come out of the fire. They come out of the fire. Even the hair on their head wasn't sins, there's no smell of smoke on them. The only thing that burned in the fire were their bonds. That is the kingdom of God superseding the natural order. Because let me tell you something, these young men would not bow their knee to another king. How we need that in Christianity today, that we will not bow to the things of this world. We will not give an inch to sin, to compromise in our life. We will not bow. It doesn't matter how much peer pressure. It doesn't matter how much it pays. It doesn't matter what we're going to get out of it. We will not bow. That's, that's what we need in this world. That's what this world needs to see in us. I want you to know this compromising, lukewarm Christianity, we think it's so attractive. This world knows better. They need to see something that's real and genuine. Listen to what Nebuchadnezzar says in Daniel four one two three. through 3. To all peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied to you. I thought it good to declare the signs and wonders that the most high God has worked for me. How great are his signs, how mighty his wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and his dominion is from generation to generation. What a revelation King Nebuchadnezzar had. He saw that God's kingdom was real, that it was gonna last forever. And for 2,000 years, the church has been moving forward from generation to generation, advancing the kingdom of God. But hear this now, it was because of those who served the true king that Nebuchadnezzar saw and realized who the true king was. Realize that there's another kingdom that's going to last forever, and how the people in this world need to see that our God is real, that He rules and reigns, and that only happens when we, as His people, serve Him with the whole heart. You're praying for His kingdom to come, His will to be done. Are you daily inviting his rule and reign? Are you seeking, pursuing the kingdom and his righteousness first? We seek his kingdom and we increase his kingdom as we take the good news of the kingdom to the world and more and more people make Jesus their king. Are you furthering, the gosp- furthering his kingdom by advancing it with the gospel of the kingdom? See this good news of the kingdom? We got to tell the whole world, Matthew twenty-four, fourteen: this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations. And then the end will come. So you can spend all your time listening to all the Christian TV and reading all the books about, ooh, all these signs and all these signs and all these signs, and you can spend hours and hours and hours and days and you can focus on that. Here's what we need to be focused on, getting this gospel to the whole world, the good news of the kingdom of God. When this is preached to the whole world, then the end is going to come. Now here's Here's how carnal some Christians are. Well, I don't want the end to come. I do. It's going to be so much better. We get just a glimpse of it in the book of Revelation, but it's going to be so wonderful. I want you to go to Hebrews chapter 12. It's an amazing chapter. And we're just going to begin from verse 22, though, and keep it a little shorter. This is talking about New Testament believers. This is talking about church. You have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the first board who are registered in heaven to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. This is the one that we worship, we gather in his name. There's angels around us. Do you realize what an awesome thing it is when we, the church of the firstborn, come together to worship this God? Amazing. How, how, we, we can't lose sight of that in this generation where it seems to be so much about entertainment and other things. Why would we settle for such things, a, a faint copy of the world, when we have the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and we come together to worship this God, the King of all eternity? Verse 25, he says, see that you do not refuse him who speaks. For if they did not escape, he refused him who spoke on earth. Much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven. We need to be careful not to refuse the king. That we hear him when he speaks. That we respond when he speaks. See, when we hear him and obey, it becomes easier to hear him. But when we refuse him who speaks, in other words, listen, when, you, when the Holy Spirit speaks to you inside, when there's a conviction and you don't do what he said or you don't stop what he said, you harden your heart and it gets harder and harder to hear when you're refusing. Don't refuse Him who speaks. sin will always harden your heart. Verse 26 says, whose voice then shook the earth, but now he has promised saying, yet once more I shake not only the earth, but also heaven. Now this yet once more indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken as of things that are made. The things which cannot be shaken, that the things that cannot be shaken may remain. There's a lot of shaking that's happened in this world, but I got to tell you, it's not over. There's going to be a lot more shaking. And we might consider it to be a tragic thing. We might consider it to be an awful thing, a horrific thing. But I can tell you this, that it can bring a lot of people to the place where they're ready to turn to the king. Listen, there's been in the past great financial shaking where the systems of this world have been upended. What if it all comes down to a crash where your money means absolutely nothing? What would your world look like? How are you going to survive in such a world? I'll tell you, a lot of people couldn't handle it if just the cellular towers all went out. What if they all went out for the next year? No cell service of any kind. I want to tell you a lot of people would be going through withdrawals. They'd be pulling their hair out. They can't go five minutes without looking at their phone. Satellites were all down. You think it can't happen in this world? I'm telling you it can but here's what I know for sure. There will come a day when it is all gone. What then? His kingdom. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom, wow, we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken. See, his kingdom can't be shaken. Nothing, nothing can shake the kingdom of God. Let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Oh my goodness. It doesn't say, let us have grace, so that you know what? It's all cool. I pray to ask Jesus to forgive my sins so it doesn't matter what I do, how I live. Let us have grace so we can just be all, you know, enjoy this life however we want, whatever we want to do. It don't really matter because I'm under grace. That's not what it says. It says, let us have grace that we may serve God. This is what grace is for. So we can serve God acceptably with reverence. That's like a dirty word in the culture of the day. And godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. When Moses saw the burning bush, he wouldn't even look at it. And the Lord told him, He said, Don't come any closer. Take your shoes off because the place where you are is holy. How is it that we become so nonchalant and casual about the presence of God that it just means nothing to most Christians? It is a holy and awesome thing and we serve him with reverence and godly fear. I'm just not gonna water that down. I'm not gonna say anything else about it. I'm gonna leave it just like it says it. but I can tell you this. He's gonna remove everything that is not of his kingdom. We're receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Has he taken over your life? See, this isn't a safe religion. This is a life-changing kingdom. This isn't a powerless religion. This is a kingdom that supersedes everything else. All of the kingdoms of this world are going to crumble. When you feel the shaking going on, you don't have to fear, you just have to know that his kingdom is real. We just gotta be serious about serving God. Second Peter 3, 10 through 13, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. How many of you believe the Bible? i am telling you, Hollywood can't even make a movie about this stuff because it would be too fantastic and too awesome. The elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved... What manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? Who talks about this? Holy conduct and godliness? We do. God's people who are serving the king, not playing church, but really serving the king. looking at eternity. You see in view of what's going to happen, how should we live? Wow. What manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God because of which the heavens will be dissolved being on fire and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Nothing but the kingdom will stand when he returns. A lot of people don't see Jesus this way now, but we need to understand that this is going to happen that Jesus is going to return and people, the Bible says, will flee from the wrath of the Lamb. Anybody still believe the Bible? All right, just checking. First Corinthians 15, 24 and 25. Then comes the end when he delivers, Jesus delivers the kingdom To God the Father when he puts an end to all rule and all authority and all powers. Talking about the rule, the authority, the powers of this world. For he must reign till he has put all enemies under his feet. King Jesus will defeat all his enemies. They will all be put under his feet and then he will turn the kingdom over to the Father. The one who gave him all authority and all power. Some of what I just felt like I needed to share with you today is just so we as God's people have a clearer understanding of what the end times look like and what eternity looks like. In fact, I want to show you three passages just real quickly from Revelation. I want you to see the progression of this kingdom and look what's going to happen. Revelation eleven fifteen. 15 Then the seventh angel sounded and there were loud voices in heaven saying, the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ and he shall reign forever and ever. Listen, in Revelation chapter 21, verses one through four, listen to what it says about eternity. I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away also there was no more sea then I John saw the holy city the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God prepared as a bride adorned for her husband and I heard a loud voice from heaven saying behold the tabernacle of God is with men he shall dwell with them and they shall be his people and God himself will be their God and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there'll be no more death, no sorrow and no crying. There'll be no more pain for the former things have passed away. You see, this is the kingdom of our God. This kingdom will last forever. Amazing. This is why I want his kingdom to come. Such joy. Such peace. Revelation 22, three through five says, and there shall be no more curse. <laughs> it's gone. But the throne of God and of the lamb shall be in it and his servants shall serve him. What are you going to do when you get to heaven? Oh, I'm going to float around on a cloud and eat grapes. Beautiful women going to feed them to me. cartoon Christianity. Here's what's real. What are you going to do in heaven? His servants will serve him. It's going to be wonderful. They shall see his face. That'll be new. Because no man has ever seen his face at any time and live. That's what the Bible says. And his name shall be on their foreheads. There will be no night there. They need no lamp or light of the sun for the Lord God gives them light and they shall reign forever and ever. I want you to stand with me. We're going to pray.